0: good morning followers of the podcast um thank you so much for download Uh, this is take two and it's not going to it's not going any better than take one (laughs) All right, here we go again. Ready, go. Good morning, podcasters. Thank you so much for downloading the podcast from Italy. I'm Jason.
1: Ciao. I'm Ashley.
0: Together we own, operate, and are sitting in the sala of Cacamone at La Tavola Marche, a little agriturismo in the foothills of the Apini, in between two towns of Piobico and Sant'Angelo in Vado. Today is the 13th of July, 7.30 on the dot. I, on a beautiful Monday morning, full summer here in Italia.
1: It's been a bit of a heat wave, but we've got a nice little break in that heat uh, yesterday and today. So it's very pleasant.
0: June has come with a good amount of heat. like a, mean July. Oh, Sorry, thank you. July has come with a good amount of heat like Italy should be in the summer. Um, but we've gone from like just hot, hot, hot um, to hot warm with really cool mornings so it's been this big swing it'll either be a low of 15 16 17 overnight and a high of 33 34 during the day which nobody likes the plants don't like it the animals don't like it the people don't like it to a high of like today's going to be 26 27 which is a perfect beautiful summer gorgeous. day but when you wake up in the morning it's it, since it's we're chilly. it's a little chilly since we're uh we have a little bit of altitude where we are we're at about 375 400 meters um we'll wake up and it'll be like seven eight degrees with dew on the grass and that's something that the plants don't like either so
1: i never am happy with the weather <laughs> I always find it's, something to complain. about. I
0: always about. find something to <laughs> complain about, but it is full summer. The sunflowers are blooming all over our area. Um, the p- garden is producing. We are we are picking things almost every day. The s- tomatoes have started. We. I'm sick of zucchini.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we are pickling like crazy. We're pickling like loons. Yes, the Jason planted a ton of z- uh, zucchini, um, cucumbers, and specifically like the little Kirby ones, right? Uh, yeah, and for the first time ever since we don't have guests this time of year, we've had the time to jar and pickle things that we wouldn't normally be able to. And beets, pickles. Oh my god, let beets, me tell cucumbers. you, cucumbers. The pickles. Um, our Dutch neighbor came over, and I was like, "Can I offer you a pickle?" <laughs> So random and he goes are you pregnant i said no they're just so good he found a great recipe for a kosher dill pickle which just as soon as we crunched into him brought us right back to new york and um big sandwiches and god it was i'm loving the pickles
0: so we got a lot to talk about in this podcast we'll keep on going with the garden uh, how my surgery on my torn rotator cuff went um Uh, Listener questions and answers and all that stuff. So let's get into it. Very good. Uh, Garden talk. Uh, I mentioned that we have the cool mornings, which puts dew on the uh, plants, which creates the malatea or the blight of the tomatoes which don't really like it
1: they got the fever.
0: with some of them got the fever we go through um every morning and try to pick off all the crispy crunchy leaves towards the bottom but it's gotten to the point where there's not a lot of leaves left to keep on picking
1: instead of kind of picking the leaves to, if you will the ankles you're getting up to about the knees yeah, yeah more
0: <laughs> towards the thigh oh um we spray with what's called Potilia Bordelese, which is a natural, uh, natural uh, remedy to this. Uh, it's two elements, uh, sulfur and copper. And that those two things uh, kill the fungus or the mold or whatever, the, whatever it is that are making my tomatoes not so happy. Um, it's not working.
1: If you've seen the pictures I just posted, uh, you might notice some of the tomatoes <laughs> look like they have kind of some... Blue spots, like a uh, dried water that was blue, yeah, and they that's tinted, they tinted uh-huh.
0: blue. Um, it's totally organic and natural. It's what they use in the wine industry as well. And a fun fact, you ready for fun fact?
1: Fun fact.
0: So this was found by um, uh, in the UK, I believe, many many moons ago. That the potato plants that were downwind from copper smelting uh, p- um, plants uh, didn't have the problem. This problem because it happens on the tomatoes as well, and they. They, they didn't know why the, one, the, um, the p- tomato plant's upwind did have the problem. They f- found that there's particles of copper in the air from um, the factories that produced whatever they were doing with copper. And there you go. Now it's used all over the world, I guess, too. Thanks for that
1: fun fact, Jason. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Another fun fact. Going to our neighbor's house, uh, our lovely Dutch neighbors who we talk about often, Carolyn and Luke, they uh, we went to dinner at their place the other night and Jason noticed a uh, dolly rigged up with a backpack sprayer. So since I'm a one armed
0: I'm a one armed <laughs> man with in a garden which requires two arms um, a, I, uh, his, his idea, I guess it's not an invention. He said it was an old man trick. Yeah. is <laughs> great. We rigged up the backpack sprayer to a little like box dolly. What you see, like the delivery guy using to carry the boxes into, into the shops. And, um, it works great. Yes, it's I'm sti- able to
1: push and pump, and he's able to spray and still feel like he's doing work in the garden. Because when
0: you put 20 liters of water on your back, it's just heavy mm-hmm. and no good, and you get all that stuff all over you, which isn't – it's not bad. It's a natural element, but still. Um, but it's still a two-man job.
1: No, but you felt – you were glad to be doing the work.
0: Yeah, hey, I was glad to be part of it. I'm very jealous these days um, since I can't do any of the, I'm getting better, but can't do really any of the physical work that um, needs to be done this time of year. Um, I look longingly as Ashley ties tomatoes, and, and <laughs> I
1: came up from the garden the other day. I said, are "You are you jealous? Like what is going on?" Yeah, it's it, a little pissy. <laughs> I know he was a real pissy, and, and he goes, "Kinda." That's I. The garden's my thing. And it's like, you're just uh, watching me tie tomatoes and I didn't realize it would be such a blow. But
0: yeah, so I can't, I can't really uh, do a whole lot. We'll get into that in a bit. And I can't really get sweaty because I got this like hardcore. What would you call this thing?
1: Sling brace. sling brace
0: thing on, uh, on. Uh, and when that you...
1: straps across two big straps across to your chest and stomach. And yeah,
0: so when you get sweaty, it gets uncomfortable, so it's not good. Well,
1: you're not supposed to be doing work to get sweaty either at no, this point, not so. Really.
0: Um, other things, potatoes, the potatoes are coming up. Well, this is our most prolific potatoes harvest (laughs) ever. And I think it's because, um, I actually read a book instead of taking the advice of a 73 year old doctor who really doesn't know what he's doing in the garden, but likes to play, uh, play farmer, farmer, uh, he would always have us bury the, just bury the shit out of the tomatoes, really potatoes, sorry, potatoes, really, really deep, um, Down in the ground. And since uh, we had more time this year to actually, like, study up a book and figure out and plan the garden out a little better and really take our time step by step in the process instead of just kind of getting it done with the time we have in between guests and and that kind of thing, um, we planted our potatoes much more superficially this Mm -hmm. year. Almost barely barely covering the potato when you put it in. And it's made a world of difference.
1: Not only do the plants... Just looks so happy, thriving, bushy, big, tall... Uh, to unearth the potatoes is a pleasure compared to years past where it's like deeper <laughs> They're down there somewhere <laughs> And this time it's like you put in the shovel you barely pop it out and pull the plant out and you're like ta-da potatoes so we will have hundreds
0: i i'm not be using hyperbole we will have hundreds of kilos of tomato pot- pot- well tomatoes as well but potatoes and um we i thought i planted two varieties i thought i planted <laughs> what's called pasta jala yellow potato and pasta bianca White potato. And it turns out that I have red potatoes.
1: <laughs> we don't know how this happens.
0: White potatoes and yellow potatoes, which is not a big deal. But um, red potatoes normally, and they're not, they're not waxy red like the small ones that you're probably familiar with. These are big red Um, potatoes from uh, a place called Borgo Pache, which is right around here. And they're famous for the red potatoes because uh, red potatoes are good for really two things. um, Frying, because they they have a much uh, lower water content in them. So they're great for frying, making chips or or french fries, and they're great for making gnocchi. Um, Which is a problem because It's the two of us, and the last thing I need to do is get a fry daddy and start frying potatoes. (laughs) He keeps
1: talking about it. He's like, I think we need a fry daddy. It's like, I do not.
0: (laughs) And um, my gnocchi game is very poor. Um, I've made gnocchi a few times and uh, with mixed results. Either they come out um, hard, or I cut back the flour so much that they kind of fall apart. So my goal, once I get a hand back, is um, to figure out how to make gnocchi consistently. And I want them to be light, like pillows. They should be when you put them in your mouth and put your tongue to the roof of your mouth. They should just, psh, <laughs> just kind of disintegrate in your mouth. Now that there's just like uh, something like uh, the passatelli, the 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 uh, kind of the pasta made with the breadcrumbs. There's two different versions you can make it. Some people prefer a harder gnocchi and some people. Pref- it depends on where in Italy you're making them. Some of them are hard, like a little firmer to, in the mouth, and some of them are, are much lighter and more delicate. Um, of course, being the contrarian, our adopted Papa Gaggi says I like
1: the hard ones.
0: It's like, oh, of course, <laughs> of course, you, course you, do. you
1: do. You like green tomatoes and too. You, yeah,
0: um, but I don't. I prefer the much lighter, more delicate ones, and that's my goal once I get a, a hand back because I gotta. I I can practice quite a bit.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of potatoes, um, and you are talking about the starch content and. What but they're good for...
0: Oh, water content. Or,
1: sorry, water content. Um, c- why don't you explain the difference between the yellow and the white as well?
0: So, yellow potatoes are good for, um, like, um, boiling. They make great boiled potatoes. Um, they don't do so well for roasting. I mean, you can roast them. Wait, they're, when
1: you say boiled, do you, does that also mean mashed?
0: Yeah, boiled, okay. mashed. They got they have more water. They have more of a, a creamy texture to them um, when you eat them. When you, I find when you roast them, they in they're nice in the mouth because when you eat them they're creamy in your mouth but they don't get a crunch on them because they've they've got a little bit more water in them the white potatoes um are great for roasting because they're lower in in um in water content um but i don't find i find when you boil the white potatoes they just kind of they just kind of like explode Mm -hmm. right they they just kind of start disintegrating from the outside, and then you don 't really pull up a whole boiled potato mm-hmm. again you can boil, you can all of these they 're potatoes, so you can do everything with all of them it 's just um, i don 't know um, this is my profession, so <laughs> you use the right ingredient for the right job, so i would i wouldn 't I wouldn't go and buy yellow potatoes if I knew I was going to roast them. I would buy white potatoes or red potatoes. I wouldn't um and I don't boil the white ones because I know that when I boil them, like say I want to make a pasta, uh, potato and green bean salad. That's a uh, that's common that I make in the in the summer. I really don't want to use the white potatoes cuz they're going to come out they're going to start falling apart on the outside mm-hmm. and then they're going to look they're going to look yucky. Not they're just not going to have a nice uh look when you toss them with the green beans and the olive oil and the vinegar and all that kind of stuff um i don't know it can it can be used e- they all can be used either way but the oh. red potato we got red potatoes which was not well not- and it's
1: hit or miss like we went and dug some up and it was red potato red potato white potato. So it's like wait, what? And we weren't quite sure um we have planted quite a few uh like Jason said and we're not quite sure was does that mean there was a few red potatoes in the mix? At first he was like do you think the red potatoes turned white? And it was like no, I definitely don't think that was the case. But uh we I guess it's going to be a bit of an adventure uh surprise as we unearth these to see what's under each hole.
0: I I think the simplest a- the simplest answer is the correct answer. I think that they had uh, you know 20 red potatoes left in a sack and they threw them into an open sack of white potatoes cuz they come potatoes come in 50 kilo uh, seed potatoes here come in 50 kilo sacks so 50 kilos is a like that's that's hundreds and hundreds of potatoes so i bought half a sack of Um, half a sack, 25 kilos of what I thought were yellow and 25 kilos of what I thought were white. white. So what I think happened is they had, I don't know, 20, you know, a little bit at the bottom of a sack of red and threw them into an open sack of white and sold that to me. Mm -hmm. Not the end of the world, but
1: no, but it was a kind of a funny, like, wait, what? First we were surprised they were red and then we're getting used to the idea of having red potatoes and now now yesterday <laughs> well,
0: yesterday we went to dig up a, a one plant to to have some potatoes and it they were all white. It's yeah. like what is going on here? <laughs> uh we're also seeing um uh, a uh, cross pollination of p- tomatoes and peppers this year. So we have these pepper or these tomatoes called um, indigo, indigo, and they're black. They're really strikingly cool looking.
1: And they're uh, think of them as kind of a little bit bigger, about the size of a cherry tomato. Uh,
0: a big cherry tomato. Uh-huh. Um, smooth skins, totally round, uh, no striation, no stri like no um, like a smooth tomato. Now, the one, the the indigo next to one of the Costolutos or one of the uh, Mm -hmm. Belmont, I don't know, one of the other tomatoes, they're coming out kind of flat. Twice the size, with the same coloring, but a totally different shape and look it's than crazy. all the other indigos. I gotta take a picture of that one. Um, also, on our peppers, we're supposed to have the. You, you ever seen the the small? Uh, we call them pimentos. the 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 small peppers that are that they stuff. They'll they they're small, red, and they'll they'll stuff them with like a piece of cheese and a um, anchovy, anchovy, and they'll put them under oil. And you'll see jars of them all over Italy. Well, those are starting... I planted them next to the ancho. Pardon me. Next to the ancho peppers. And they're not coming out small and round. They're coming out (laughs) kind of bigger (laughs) and longer like an ancho. So doing a little research, I found that um, when you plant these things together, when they get pollinated by the bees, the bees carry the pollen from plant to plant, and you can have cross-pollination of these plants. So I'm worried that... And the... um, the, the jalapenos and the uh, pepperoncinos aren 't really that hot yet now it 's early in the season for the peppers turning hot, but my worry is that the sweet peppers have pollinated the hot peppers, and the anchos have pollinated the the little red the little red ones and we 'll see what happens interesting nature 's crazy to me I, I really find it super interesting but what 's the situation what 's the What is the The final outcome going to be? Well, and then what's the fix? What's the remedy? Don't fix it. You you have to separate all your, all your pepper plants by how, how far I've read 25 meters. So it's like, I'm going to have, so then I have to now different pepper zones, different pepper zones. I don't think I'm ever going to do that. I don't either.
1: Well, I think we just, uh, let nature take
0: its course. Let nature do its thing. Um, uh, what is the year of you? Normally we have a year of a certain bug this year. It it's kind of funny since we don't have, we found that we had no cherries, on, no fruit on the trees due to a frost in March.
1: Mm-hmm. So we,
0: we literally have no fruit. We didn't get a single cherry. We're not going to get a single plum. No. Um, nothing.
1: I, I doubt we're going to get any apples.
0: Yeah, maybe no apples. Um, so the calabroni, or the big, the big uh, European hornets, have not really come around like we've had in years past.
1: Because normally they love eating the cherries and all the sweets and stuff on the trees, and it's been a lot. Co- you don't hear the buzz.
0: No, you don't hear the buzz of them. Um, no flies this year. It's kind of funny. Normally we have to like combat the flies, but it's been really, really dry, so I, not no flies. It's just funny that everyone. No guests this year. No real bug problems this year. <laughs> (laughs) Um, normally
1: there's like um a morning we wake up and the locusts have shed their skin if you will and uh you'll come across like the plum tree or part somewhere near the pool, like the shower near the pool and like the whole Southern or Eastern Western side, one side will be just covered in the locust shells, which is really kind of cool. I mean, it's sounds gross, but it's like, Whoa, what happened? There was some party here last night where everyone took off their skin. And, um, and I've seen one or two here and there, but nothing, it's just, it is ironic that the, <laughs> the year that, um, you know, we could probably battle some sort of bug or creature. Um, we don't need to. And no. it's just classic that no guests, no bugs. No guests, no bugs. Oh, I know. Maybe it's the year
0: of the horse. We call them horse flies, but there oh. are these black yes. these black winged flat Flies that come out in the garden around five o'clock, and I'll be down there and watering, because I can water. I can hold a hose in my hand. Um And they, Ashley took a bite on her thigh the other day. Her thigh was swollen like incredibly. It was
1: literally, I think, two bites on my thigh. And we uh, went out the next day. I was like, oh, my God. It was so hot and huge. I was wearing jeans the following day. And when I took my pants off, I had the lines of like the – stitching of the jeans stuck on my left leg the right leg was fine but i was like oh my god it looks like i'm too i've eaten my way in out of these pants but it's just the bug bite and those last for like three or four days they're uh it's a big swollen one but, but yeah luckily they stick to the garden yeah they're down in the yeah, garden yeah, yeah. and
0: they come out in the late in the afternoon and they're gone by the early evening mm-hmm. so um, that's really just about it so if you stay if you let them s- and they love they love to bomb my pool it's a bug. <laughs> it's a buv, bug graveyard. It's insane, um, but other than that, no real, uh, no real bug. It's not. No one's claimed to be bug of the year this no, year. No, not at all. The tractors have finished going through and cutting the grain from all the fields around. We had the, the hum of diesel engines uh, last week. They've uh, cut all the grain. They've baled up. They've baled up all the uh, uh, paya. What's paya in English? Hay. Yeah, all the uh, no hay is what straw. they straw. Straw. There you go. They've balled up all the straw, and now the next thing the tractors will come through is turn the soil and plant the autumn crops. So
1: It was also funny because the other night I was doing an interview uh, for some book about female entrepreneurs and sitting outside chatting with the author, and um, it was a Zoom with video and stuff, and I could hear some of the tractors coming by, and I said, oh, do you want me to stop for a second and let this tractor go by if it's going to be pretty loud? And she was like, no, no, it's fine. I can't really hear anything, and I had just been been saying how she was asking what's some of the most fulfilling things about living out here or since we've started the business and I was saying how for Jason it's never about the um accolades from reviews or from international press or top 10 cooking class lists he could pretty much care less it's when the oldies and the neighbors drive by and check out the garden and um which is very true and uh, at, just at this same time as i'm kind of saying this um moments later the tractor comes by like i said and sure enough beep beep starts honking and um she was like well i heard that i said oh he's honking at jason he's in the garden and another tractor or two came by and did the same and i just thought it was kind of perfect timing and reiterated my point of it's a uh, it's kind of nice to be out there in the garden and seeing the um the, I don't know whether it's the big guys on the big rigs kind of giving the you com- credit. That was
0: Capolacci on the combine. Uh-huh. I love seeing the combines go down our road because it's just It's, it's massive. It's massive. It's the biggest machines that kind of come around here. Our
1: um, road is It's pretty narrow at some points, not like crazy narrow, like you'll see in some other parts of Italy. You can pass two cars. You can pass two cars. But uh, there's parts where the clearance isn't very high with the uh, overhang of the trees. And it's just like, it just looks massive out here. And I'm sure it's the uh, mini size compared to like what they're taking around fields in middle America. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) For us, it's like, whoa, take
0: a look at that. That's a big machine.
1: (laughs) We sound like there just is no entertainment either that we're like, look at that track. <laughs> That's another
0: thing. I have found that I do miss the guests every year at the end of the season. I'm like, get these people out of my house. I don't want to see anyone. But now it's to be honest, it's quite honest, it's boring there. I, since I can't do all the jobs that I really like to do, there's not a lot to do. Study my driving test. That sounds like fun. I know. Study Italian? Why would I want to better my language skills? <laughs> in the, why would I want to do that?
1: And Gaji's only here kind of in the mornings to bust chops and break balls and... So yeah, it's kind of quiet.
0: It is kind of quiet. So and there's nothing going on. There's they've started to pick up a little bit. Like there's the uh, Fano Jazz outside that was last week, but any of the uh, manifestation. Oh man, if that's not the right word in English, um, just a, events. Events uh, have been all canceled. I thought, oh man, maybe we could go to an air show this year because there's tons of air shows all over Europe uh, in the summer. Nope. Everything is canceled, so...
1: Or they'll say rescheduled for fall or something, but we'll see. We'll see
0: about that. So it's just kind of the dog days and not a lot really going on.
1: Um, Speaking of dog days, let's talk about going up to Bologna and the surgery because, thank God we live where we live. We might have it be 34 in the heat, heat of the day, but we went up to Bologna for Jason's surgery. Last
0: last day of June.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And the evening we arrived... Um it was six o'clock or so when we got there after terrible traffic and it was thirty seven degrees at six o'clock with
0: no air that's what we if that's what we realized we're really lucky there's always a little breeze where we live
1: the next day at eleven in the morning it was thirty seven degrees it was just like In the center of the city, you're like, oh my God, this is... Thank God we live where we live. Yeah. um, Bologna is oppressive heat. And not only is it the...
0: It's not the temperature. It's the fact that it's a walled stone city. So you're like walking around in an oven. Mm -hmm. Literally an oven. And the...
1: And this is gross, but like you've got your mask on or when you're walking around outside, you don't need to have it on. But when you go into a place, you always put your mask on. And I would find myself... Like almost using my mask or not almost, but definitely like, um, like wiping the sweat off my chin or face. And then I was like, this is so gross. Cause now I'm breathing through this thing and it's becoming like a sweat rag at the same time. It's, uh,
0: yeah. And no air, no air moving. Mm-hmm. We we were here. We, even it, we, even when you get down a little lower, we're a little higher, uh, up in the hills. But even when you go down a little lower in our area, there's always just some air moving. Yep. And that makes a huge difference. The two things, there's not a lot of, where well, there's a lot of green. So at night, the, the heat, the, the earth lets the heat go and the air moving. And when you go to a place like Bologna where it's in the plains, um, in what was that? Just the wind. Oh. Closing the in, door. in the flatland, there's no air in that in that town, and the stone holds it. And you're just, it's eleven o'clock at night, and you're walking around, and you're just like, oh my god, somebody kill me. So
1: it didn't feel humid to me. No, it wasn't humid. Uh-huh. It was
0: just hot. Exactly. Like a different heat, hot. And mm-hmm. in the morning, it had that warm, like that. Eight o'clock. Excuse me. Eight o'clock in the morning, it's like, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna cook to Mm-hmm. Cook today. Not, not, uh, I know all you people who come here and like, oh, we want to go to Florence in the middle of, in the middle of the summer. Great. Enjoy your sweaty walk around <laughs> that city. I will not be going there. It is, it is oppressive. Florence, um, anywhere in Umbria, um. That just sits in a bowl. It just sits in a bowl. That's, Umbria literally means, means the shadow, uh, the shadow. It's in the sh- it's shadow
1: it's, of the Apennines. Uh, in the
0: Apennines, And there's no air there either. Um, so while, yes, Italy is beautiful in the summer, I think it's beautiful in the countryside. I think the cities are hot, oppressive, and t- just terrible.
1: It's true. Um, people will every once in a while ask, not, not, off, not always, but we'll get a handful of summer questions about do we have air conditioning? And um, one person uh, said we wouldn't come if you don't because right. we were somewhere last year in Italy and they didn't have air conditioning and we suffered terribly and i tried to explain to them i totally understand however none of the farmhouses in our area that are stone like ours have air conditioning one Obviously, I didn't say the cost to this inquiry, but um, really, it's because of our elevation, and we get that nice breeze, and because we have the green, and it just cools off in the evening enough.
0: And also, our house is made of stone, so it, it's a natural air conditioner. When you close the, when the heat comes uh, mid morning towards noon, you close up all your windows, you close the shutters, and you keep that cooler air inside. And the stone is cool. Uh, You know, the stone is cool. So
1: we've learned after all these years how to regulate the uh, air the way the Italians say. So it is. It's like you shuffle between opening doors and closing doors and opening shutters and closing shutters. And
0: we'll tell our guests a hundred times close your windows, close your shutters in the middle of the day. And they don't listen. They want to, they feel like if they keep the window open, it'll get cooler. And it's like, no. You're just heating that it's room. It's like
1: leaving the oven door open. Yes,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Close it during the middle of the day. Once the once the sun once you know six thirty comes and the sun and the temperature starts to fall, open everything back up. Let that cool air come in, and you'll sleep like a baby. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, I, I I can't sleep in a bed yet, but Ashley has been sleeping in the, the ground floor apartment. Ground floor apartment where you have to get under the covers. It is yeah. It is cold <laughs> in that room. It's so
1: great. It's the coolest, darkest spot in the house. And- and, uh, it's the apartment on the ground floor and we no, call it the, the north ca- face uh-huh, and we called the cave it was once the cantina of the house so it makes sense and uh, where they would store the wine cool dark spot and man you can sleep like a baby whether it's the middle of the day for a nap or middle of the night and it is excellent so it's been a bit of a pleasure we're finding little perks of not having guests here to be able to use the house in a different way yeah absolutely. <laughs> so let's tell them your story we All went right. up to Bologna, we first to, for your COVID test. Yep,
0: first for the COVID test, which was interesting. It felt like they tickled my brain with the little Q-tip, and then we came back home for two days, and they here in Italy, you can get the results in 24 hours, so they knew I was COVID free. It's the way to be, and then uh, I had a, my surgery on a Monday. On a Monday, I got there early in the morning. They did the... Uh, echocardiogram to make sure my heart won't explode when they put me under and, um, blood tests to make sure my blood will clot and all that good stuff. And then I had my surgery sometime in the early afternoon. Um, it was really uneventful to be quite honest. It was interesting to see that, uh, how the f- hospital kind of functions. Oh, they also try to shake me down. I was going to
1: say, do you want to tell Let's tell them the inside story.
0: <laughs> so they try to shake me down for more money. So first um, I
1: get a message from Jason going, <gasps> Oh my gosh, I got a complimentary upgrade. Because they kept referring to the quote-unquote accommodations part. The room is like hotel comfort and whatnot. Well, you can
0: choose. If you wanted to just be in a room with two other patients, three patients to a room, it was free, like one price. If you wanted to be two other, two to a room, it was another kind of, because I went private, it was another price. And then if you wanted to have your own room, it was of course the highest price. So
1: I was only- Don't forget about the price if you wanted your own private nurse on hand. Oh yeah, you could, (laughs) oh my God, it was
0: awesome. They sent me a list of all these other tests and, and things that they can do. Like we talked about this on the last podcast. I believe
1: I can't remember if we did or not. If you had gotten that form yet, okay?
0: Uh, they sent me a huge list of things that you could do. Hey, while we got the hood up and the, <laughs> we got the car on the jacks, why don't we look at some other things? So you could get anything you wanted there. Um, b- analysis of your blood and different different kind of things that they would do while you're there you could have a nurse by your side the whole entire time if you wanted basically if you're willing to pay for it you can you can get it um and of course i was only there for 12 hours really or well yeah in a bed for 12 less than 12 hours so
1: you were there for more than 24 hours in total though
0: yes Mm -hmm. but um i don't care just put me in a put me in a room with two other people i don't care just Fix my shoulder and let's get the And then there was here. still,
1: at that point, you could still um, have, like, a TV brought in. And I kept joking. Is it, like, at um, high school, elementary Sorry. school where, like, they bring a old, big old TV on a cart? <laughs>
0: yeah, this place was like a steakhouse. Everything was a la carte. You could have whatever you wanted as long as you're willing to pay for it. So, yeah, the TV was off. But if you wanted to have television, you had to pay, like, you had to... Pay, pay extra, for the remote. Pay for the remote <laughs> kind of thing, um, so, which was kind of funny to me. But um, they stuck me in a room with one other patient, and he was a really nice guy from Padova. And um, he was uh, he was there getting since we, I was in the Rizzoli uh, Orthopedic Hospital, he was getting a thing done on his knee. Um, he was, it was nice to have someone else to talk to. And um, but uh, they come to me about an hour after I they set me down on this bed, and I'm just reading a book trying to keep my mind off the impending, uh, known of what's going to happen. And they go, Hmm, there's been a clerical error. So we're going to need more money from you because <laughs> we don't have, I know you selected a, co- they call it the common room, like with, with three other, two other people, but we don't have any common rooms left. So as you can see, you're in a, um, in a room with only two, two semi-private, semi-private rooms. So we're going to have to give you, we're going to need more money. And I, <laughs> I looked her right in the eye and said, I have no more money. I have zero more money, so we have two options here. One, I stay here and we do the operation, or two, you send me my money back and I go home right now. And that I looked her dead in the eye and.
1: Wait, you? But you said it so funny because very Italian. I don't have another lira. Yeah. You...
0: <laughs> Whenever you say you don't have any more money, I find you say, no, I don't have another lira. I don't know why they don't use euro. Probably because euro just came around. But you say, I don't have another lira. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> she could tell, like, oh, this guy's not going to give us any more well, money. Well,
1: because they sent you the... Um,
0: they sent me a preventivo or a... Esti- or a uh, the bill the, the bill, bill. the official bill. And you have to pay for everything before you get there. So I sent my money, and, and they got it, and everything was good. They're not going to let you your ass hit that bed until you've paid. Right? So... I'm good to go. Um, You can't come to me an hour later and say, oh, by the way, it's going to be more money. So I'm like, listen... Figure out what you're gonna do because I'm still all in my clothes and you've only done one blood test so far. So let me know if I'm going home or we're going into an operating room. And I think she could tell that I wasn't screwing around. Like you're not getting more money. Out of me. <laughs> um, so she goes, okay, one moment. And the and they it's her, it's the nurse and the like um, secretary of like, administration administration person. And they go off like a few feet a few meters away and rubble. rubble to go, rubble, rubble, rubble <laughs> Okay, Va Bene. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no shit, okay, Va Bene. This isn't my problem. This is your problem. If you, if you, the hospital beds were full, you should have told me, okay, we can't do it this week because the what you selected is full, unavailable. Is unavailable and you have to wait till whatever, the the 5th of July and then we can do it. All right, fine. Either then I can make the decision. Do I want to spend 400 euros more or do I want to wait a week? Then I can make that decision. But you can't come to me after I've got the tag on my wrist. You've got... (laughs) I'm in the bed. I'm in the bed. Like, I'm sitting here in the bed. You've already... Stuck me with a needle, and now we're going to start talking about more money?
1: Jason, so the text goes from, I got a complimentary upgrade to, they're shaking me down. (laughs) The shakedown has begun, is actually what you said. Yes, the
0: shakedown has begun. So um, that was was a little – that was an interesting little quirk that happened. And then another thing that I realized is that the – the doctors the anesthesiologists the surgeons the the those people don't the real work and th- and I know for those of you listening who've who've been into a hospital and have medical procedures done you're like yeah no shit but for me this is my first time I've never really had any interaction in a, a real hospital the real work is done by the nurses and the junior doctors mm-hmm.
1: so the we got a lot of nurses that listen and and doctors as well but I'm sure those nurses out there are like yeah no, yeah, no shit. shit.
0: <laughs> so hats off to you people who actually do the work and talk to the patients because I never saw the anesthesiologist until I get into the OR and he's like, hi, I'm the anesthesiologist. But I met his number two, which was a um, 35-year-old woman who was really, really nice. And she's the one who goes over the questionnaire and, and tells you exactly what um, what's going to happen and let, asks if you've ever been put under anesthesia and does a few tests and blah, blah, blah. I n- didn't see the... The surgeon, the, the, my guy who looked like the uh, surgeon out of a, one of the telenovelas or one of your stories, <laughs> I didn't see him until I'm in the OR, uh, but I did see his number two. Again, a 30-something-year-old guy who comes in and explains everything we're going to do and goes over everything and has me sign the final paperwork and and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, the nurses who... These are the people who actually really do the work. Um, I guess once you get to a certain point in the medical in your medical career, you just kind of show up and do your little thing, and then you peace out. Mm-hmm. But the the it's people, like the
1: headliner, yeah, it's <laughs> like the
0: headliner exactly. Yeah, the people who do the get do the nitty gritty and are poking you and doing all that, uh, doing the real work, and the ones you actually ha- like. I had no communication with the surgeon or the. Uh, Even when they came in and did the rounds the next day, because it's a university hospital, he he didn't really make eye contact. I mean, all in all, he's kind of a dick, this guy. (laughs) He might be the best at his job, but he's kind of a dick, I got to say. He came in and nearly didn't make eye contact with me, but there's, you know, 20 people in this room, and he's like, this is my patient, Jason Bartner. Uh, We repaired his Sovra Spinoza, blah, 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 blah. And you can tell the... Um, the one, the 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 head orthopedic lady who looked like a very elegant older lady, like she just looked like a doctor or a lawyer or something. Then you have the, we'll call them the, um, the so the associate like my guy 's an associate surgeon he 's not the top he 's not the, the partner yeah for lack of a better term he 's not the the, the head uh, surgeon of the of the hospital um, and then you see the junior ones and then you see the medical students because those guys look like college kids like they 're wearing jeans their jackets, their white coats don 't have any writing on them. Um, it's like Scrubs. Yeah, it's like sc- a little bit like Scrubs. So when they came in, he barely made eye contact with me. And it's like, dude, screw screw this guy. He might be good <laughs> at his job, but they they left out how to deal with people in, in medical school mm-hmm. for this guy.
1: Um, how many times did they ask you? Oh, well, before Jason went in... Um, He was very concerned they were going to operate on the wrong shoulder. Oh, yeah. And he also, at the same time, uh, which I don't know if that's just an American thing or what. uh, So he also was very concerned because, well, in the same sense about this, which shoulder is it? Because he asked for some write-up or the write-up from the... um, mri came back and they sent the wrong person's information and results to us yeah (laughs) like wrong left shoulder i mean right shoulder not the left shoulder We're looking
0: at this thing and it's and i'm reading it and even though it's in a doctor speaking in italian i'm reading it i didn't really look at it when they sent it they sent it digitally and i was looking at it and i was like this doesn't sound that bad it's like a partial partial tear of of one of the ligaments and blah blah i'm reading it and i'm like well, this doesn't sound bad at all. Why am I getting surgery? And then I start looking at it. It's like, oh my God, this is not me. This This says
1: left shoulder or right shoulder and And some other person's name. Some other person's name. (laughs) So then Jason was starting to get a little bit concerned because then the day before the surgery also, um, the surgeon and a nurse, I think, called to find out I, they call so to yeah to
0: confirm that it was my. He goes, "What shoulder is it?" I get a call from the the surgeon's number two guy. What shoulder are we working on tomorrow? It's like we're working on the left one, dude. And why are you asking me this <laughs> on the phone? What's what's going on?
1: So we talked to Luke, the neighbor, who is a doctor also, and he said this is very common. They're going to ask you a bunch of times, and if he, and I counted
0: from the time I entered the hospital to. The last question they asked me before they put me under anesthesia was, which shoulder are we working on? It was 12 times they asked <laughs> me what shoulder we're working on. So if Luke didn't let me know that, I would think these people have no idea what the hell he
1: they're would have been freaking out.
0: I would have been very concerned. But the morning before we walked over to the hospital, Ashley put a giant – she brought two Sharpie pens, two uh, permanent markers, and put – no in giant letters and drew a stop sign on my right shoulder, which was a icebreaker for every single medical (laughs) professional I saw. They're like, what's good? Do you have a tattoo? What is that? I was like, oh, the molly, the wife.
1: (laughs) It was so funny because like the day or two leading up to the surgery too, he kept going, I need some um, some good jokes, some icebreakers. Like I want to lighten the mood a little bit. You got any good jokes? And then I was thinking I hadn't. He knew. He told me he wanted the no on his shoulder, but I kept thinking I'm gonna do this stop sign. It was a good stop sign. It was. And I didn't realize though that the stop sign was gonna steal the show. And uh, got some good jokes. Got the. You said it became like the talk of the floor. Everyone came in to see the stop sign. Yeah. Every everyone
0: (laughs) who came in to work on me was like, we want to see the stop sign. It's like there it is, right there. <laughs> um so so that was that was good. Um
1: Oh and then you did get I I wouldn't call it shaken down but they did bring a credit card machine to the side of your bed for – Oh, yeah. There's always there – <laughs> you didn't
0: really think there were, I was getting out of that hospital without paying more money. But part of – what I paid was the anesthesia, the surgery, and the, the night in the hospital. It didn't cover anything else. So um, about two hours before my surgery, the, um, physio, the physical therapist of the hospital comes in and says, we have to fit you for your brace thing. And I was like, okay. And he's like, it's 150 euros. <laughs> it's like, okay. I didn't know. I And he whips out a um, portable credit card machine. It's like, oh, oh, right now, 150 euros. Okay. And uh, <laughs> he fits me with this hardcore, like, it's pretty It's pretty hardcore, this thing. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I didn't know I was going. I wish they told me beforehand. Listen, there's going. Why wasn't
1: it just in the estimate or in the write-up because it's not
0: part it's after the fact like you don't you don't need it so that goes into the operating room with you because they put it on you after the i woke up with this thing on it was at my feet when i went in and i wake up with it on um so that was kind of funny he was a nice guy as well and they they fit you all up with it and make sure it fits okay and then the next morning when i wake up and um the the um surgeon the the second the the, his second, the second, the um, assistant, the assistant, sorry, the assistant to the main surgeon comes in and checks everything out. He readjusts everything. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The, the physical therapy guy made sure it fit okay and now you're pulling on straps and redoing things and now you just made it so it does not feel comfortable at all.
1: But l- come to find out it wasn't meant to be comfortable. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So
0: I asked, this thing isn't comfortable and, and it, yeah, it's it's not meant for your pleasure. It's not, it's not meant to be comfortable. It's meant to keep your arm in a certain Position to heal, so all right, I get it. That um, I get. Share
1: with them also my favorite part of your interaction with the nurses post surgery.
0: Oh yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> um, so for some reason, I had it in my head that if I got more pain medicine after the surgery, they weren't going to let me go home the next day. So I'm just not comfortable, and you the, wake
1: up groggy. You gro- have no idea. Yeah,
0: I have no idea. And then, and the I wake up at about eight p.m. and I'm in a lot of pain, like. Just, like, not, like, acute pain like someone poking you. Just, like, this dull, like, I can't get comfortable and blah, blah, blah. And the the nurse comes in every hour, hour and a half to check on you. How are you doing? I'm in pain. I'm in pain. Well, let me give you something for the pain. No, I don't want anything for the pain. No. And finally at about midnight... She comes in, and I'm awake, and uh, and she can tell I'm not very happy. And she goes, why – I go, why – she goes, well, well, let me give you pain medicine. It's okay. You can take – I go, I I don't want any pain medicine because then I won't get – for some reason in my, like, drugged up haze, I thought that if I get more medicine here, they're not going to let me go home. And I just (laughs) want out of this – Freaking place, um, and she looks me dead in the eye, and it's like twelve thirty, and I guess she had enough of my shit because she said, "And lit- this is a little translation." She cursed at me. She goes, "What the fuck does having pain medicine have to do with you going home? Don't you want to sleep?" And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what?" And it was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll take some pain medicine." And she gave me an IV. She gave me a. She stuck a needle into my uh, into my IV, and I went to sleep. Wake up at 5.30 in the morning, and um, she comes back in again It's like, you have to pee. If you don't pee, we can't let you go home. Like, she knew this was the way to – my thing was wanting to go home. She's like, you got to pee. You got to pee. If you don't pee, you're not going home. And she hands me this, like, container thing to pee in. And I'm like, well, I can't pee laying down like this. She's like, you can't get out of bed. I'm like, I can't pee laying down. If you want me to pee, I, let me just stand up. She's like, you can't stand up. You've had, you've had, um, you've you've been under um anesthesia, and she's like, you could jerry your testa. You could uh, like get dizzy and fall over. I'm like, well, you're here and you operated on my shoulder, not on my legs. So if I stand up, I'll pee. And she's like, well, what if you get dizzy? I'm like, well, then just push me on the bed and I'll just be fine. <laughs> Um, so I stand up, I pee, everyone's happy, ta da, ta da, and then I go back to sleep for a little bit. Um, that was like that was earlier. That was there was no sun in the sky, so God knows. I wake up at my normal five thirty in the morning, and now the orderly comes in to check on me. Do you want some water? Do you want a biscotti? Do you want anything? No, I'm like no, I want to walk around. I, let me just. Like, uh, let me just walk around. He's like, you can't walk around. You can't walk around. I'm like, why? He's like, you just had surgery. I go, I know. I had surgery on my shoulder. There's (laughs) nothing wrong with my legs. He goes, I go, why? Why? He goes, because you could fall down. I go, okay, I'll tell you what. You're here. If I can stand up on my feet for 30 seconds and I'm not wobbly, will you let me walk around? And he looks at me and goes, okay. So I stand there for 30 seconds while he does some things in the room. I'm fine. And now that gave me the permission to now just walk the halls, which pissed the night nurse off (laughs) considerably because every eight minutes I'm walking by the nurses station. It's not a big floor. I'm walking by the nurses station, just pacing the halls at five 30 in the morning. Um, she did not say goodbye to me when her shift ended at 7.30. So it was really interesting to see the hospital change over. Everyone gets there at 7.30 in the morning. The the night people go home. It's at about 7.15. The, the next crew comes in. The night nurse goes home. She walked past me. She did not even look my way. She had, had enough of my shit Well, that
1: you're night. the asshole. I the, know. Like, the, just that pain in the ass guy that's like, oh, God. You were also the youngest by probably 20 years. 20,
0: 20 years at least. Um, and then... Uh, once the hospital kind of started getting going, you can't walk the halls anymore because now you're in the way of people. They're starting to get people prepped for morning surgeries. So I'm the guy sitting in the doorway just staring. I'm just staring at people. I'm, I'm literally sh- – my good shoulder leaning up against the uh, the doorway of, of my room just staring. I wanted freaking out of there. And I saw the um, – I saw the the uh, all the surgeons get together for doing their rounds and blah, 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 blah. And breakfast came through. For some reason, they don't serve real coffee. You, you, they either have fake coffee with no caffeine or horrible tea. Oh. And I don't know why you couldn't have a coffee. I'm like, why can't you have real coffee? She's like, caffeine, it's a drug. And I'm like, oh, God. You, you pumped pump me, me- <laughs> through with drugs all morning long. And by the way, I'm going to go into – I'm going to have like – DTs here if you don't get me some coffee because I could feel it coming. I'm an addict to caffeine. Um, so that was about it. And then getting my discharge papers took forever. So I was very anxious to get the hell out of there. By 11 o'clock, I was a ghost and um, that was it. Trip home.
1: Trip home with a stop um, at our basically new favorite truck stop cafe, truck stop diner. We talked Ashley, about it on... Ashley's favorite one. We talked about it on a few podcasts ago. Um, in January when we went up to London and we stopped and stayed in Emola. And um, with the COVID test coming back and forth on the same day and then coming home from the surgery, both times we stopped... (laughs) At Ca Del Pozzo in this truck stop, Imola. This
0: truck stop diner for a lot yes, of a better Yes, and term.
1: we've discovered while we were there, because of course they have a huge poster of it, which we didn't notice the first time because we were unaware of the show, but our one of our fun um, TV shows that we enjoy, the Camionista in Trattoria. Camionisti. Camionisti in Trattoria. Um, the truck drivers in Trattoria. In, diners whatever uh that he has stopped there and only
0: ashley can pound a giant plate of steaming hot pasta when it's 38 degrees outside and like the surface of the sun it
1: was good it was weird they did a pasta with beets and i had never had a it looked like spaghetti but like a weird it looked like like play-doh spaghetti like a yes. weird color that yes. it shouldn't be and i thought oh god but i'd seen a couple other people ordering it and i thought oh, maybe i made a huge mistake it was excellent.
0: I, I got to admit, this place is a, is a scene. If for t- you, it's ten bucks. You eat the, the food is decent. The tables are a little sticky. The the clients are a little rough around the edges. The waitresses are short with you, but it's a scene. It listen, it is what it, you want it to be. It is what you want <laughs> it to be. It is not fine dining, but it is. It is, you'll come away with, wow, that was an interesting place to have lunch. Oh
1: my gosh, and you had like their sausage platter thing. I didn't eat
0: anything. You ate both of our Whatever. plates.
1: Whatever, I was hungry. But I had to cut his meat for him, which was slightly embarrassing in front of all these truck drivers, I'm sure. But um, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> this re- It left this reviewer satisfied.
0: <laughs> so we got home without an event. Uh, it's been hard. To, the first week was hard to sleep. Ice every two hours. I just walk around with an ice pack on my shoulder. And um, now it's I'm ready. I get the stitches out tomorrow and then I'm have this stupid thing on until the end of the month, four weeks with this stupid thing on. And then I could start physical therapy and hopefully be back to normal in two months, two months. That is my, we'll see. They say three to four months of physical therapy. I'm going to do it. Ooh, in They
1: said four to six.
0: Well, for the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, for the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, I, so a month with this thing on and then two months of physical therapy puts me at three months. They said it takes four to six. I'm going to do it in three.
1: We'll see. He's gotten pretty clever and creative with ways too. We have a gas stove, and he has to like use his knee to push the uh, igniter, pilot, yeah. or the pilot light. And he's gotten pretty creative with one arm, but. Um,
0: I can't do anything. It sucks. It's boring. All the all these projects. I haven't made bread in forever. All these projects that I thought I was going to do this summer. I haven't done anything. I've had to let it go. Like the grass. Not like Ashley's been great, but she, I can't expect her to do the all the garden stuff and cut all the grass and weed whack everything and do all the things that two people did and that I'm psycho about. Like we don't have guests here, so if the if the weeds get a little high on the driveway up to the house, so be it. Who's it? It's only f- it's the only person who cares is me. So I've had to let some of those things go. Um, if there's a we if there's weeds in the um, garden in the pa- in the footpaths between the tomato plants, so be it. It's not the end of the world. Uh, it's more important that uh, the tomatoes get tied. That they get tied rather than the weeds get pulled. So I've let a lot a lot of things go. F- Goddamn Gaji. We were in like the, da- the underneath garage the- yesterday. He's like, This place is a mess. Why don't you clean it up? It's like, <laughs> Dude, I got one hand, asshole. What do, you, what do you want me to do? Like, you're the one who made it a mess. It was all put together before I had this surgery. And now he doesn't like to put things away. He'll just take something that he needs, whether it's like a tool or, or whatever, and then he'll just leave it on the table in there. So, of course, it's not a big space. So you do that five times, and now it just looks a mess.
1: Not only that, he doesn't. In the garden the other day when we were pulling up some potatoes he goes all right leave the shovel here and he just digs it like just sh- jams the shovel into the ground in the middle of the potato patch
0: which is hysterical because how many years he's oh you just leave your tools all strewn along the garden it's like and i said why don't we take it up to the barrel. bin
1: where they all are at the beginning of the garden where which is exactly where we're all headed oh we're, we're not gonna need that shovel for a while just leave it here and it was like no, let's let's put it back where it belongs. But he's a uh, he's always a character. That's for sure. That one.
0: <laughs> he was happy this weekend. He got to cut a bunch of. Uh, for we split our garden into two and use one half. Uh, each year and let the other half rest so he was cutting the big tall like overgrown weeds and piled them up into a big fire pile and burned them he this man loves nothing more than setting shit on fire
1: totally he was an arson in a past life he must have been god he's got a passion for it (laughs) we saw him we were coming home from grocery shopping and he was in the garden the other day and um as we were coming home we passed him on the road and he stopped and he goes i was looking for something to light the bushes on fire and we were like thank god he didn't <laughs> Nothing like lighting, lighting brush
0: on fire in the middle of the summer with a nice little breeze to spread. I know, it was
1: so hot. It was like thirty four. It was exactly like thirty four degrees in the evening. It was like, what is he doing? At least do it in the morning. It's a little cooler and have it have someone here in case it does get out of control. But when he was like, I was looking all over the house for a lighter or something to set this on fire. I was <laughs> like, oh my god.
0: Sure, sure you were.
1: <laughs> you should not be trusted
0: alone with that. So that's uh, that's basically our trip up to Bologna, and um, tomorrow, thank God, we don't have to go back there. For uh, the um, the surgeon has a sa- uh, one a satellite office in Misano Adriatico, which is on in between Pesaro and Rimini. Mm-hmm. So we'll be going there tomorrow. So
1: probably closer to like an hour, a little over an hour and a half drive,
0: which is better than two and a half to Bologna. Plus, uh, the only bad part is the one thing that is open is the corn maze that um, is in Senegalia. Senegalia. However, they're not open on Mondays and Tuesdays. Of so, of course
1: not. So, Jason was like, "Hey, we have to go up on Tuesday. Let's go to do the corn maze. We've always looked seen this and we've suggested they do it, every it to year. Guests. It looks super cool. That would be really fun to walk through. It's just something to do. So, I look it up yesterday, and it's like. Classic, oh, yeah, of course. Classic. The only two days that it's closed is one of the days we would be going Monday up. Monday and Tuesday. So, <laughs> no corn maze for you. No, just makes you more terrible. <laughs> um what else well let's ju- anything else you wanted to add for the
0: no i think we have spent enough time and I, if, if there is anyone listening bored <laughs> out of their mind
1: well let's jump into the listener q a we've been doing the virtual move to italy workshops and they've been a great success and really like we said it's been a great sh- chance for us to just uh talk to other people talk to people <laughs> so <laughs> I' sound pretty lonely and desperate out here, but, uh... Please talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been great since, like we said before, talking to people from all over the globe and the states and, um... Europe and Australia, but we've gotten a few listener questions um, about the workshop and about kind of our move. That I thought we could answer a couple. So the first one is:
0: Well, hold on. First, set up the the first pimp the. Uh, oh, the workshop. Yeah. So the
1: workshop. We have two different um, courses you could take. One is the general overview. Kind of um, ask all your questions. It's a ninety-minute call. This is for if you're not quite sure. Just dabbling. Is Italy right for you? How do I kind of get started? Maybe Maybe this is something I'm interested in in a few years, or maybe you just have already started the, yeah, maybe you've already started the process and you've got some just super specific questions and you feel like I've already got citizenship through blood or, you know, you don't need to go through some of these other aspects. And, um, so that one is a 90 minute call and the other is, uh, and that's 250 euros. And then we have, um, that also includes a couple worksheets and checklists and 90 days out before things to get done. Um, and also, if you're planning to start a business, a few items to put on that timeline checklist. Then we have the full workshop, which is four calls, um, seven hours. And we go over the preparation, transition, and execution or assimilation. So we've had a handful of people who are interested in both starting a business or just coming out to retire one day. As it gets crazier and crazier with, with uh, life where you live, maybe Italy,
0: the craziness of Italy, doesn't seem so uh, crazy anymore.
1: Well, you say it's the, the good crazy. You it, like this kind of crazy. I like
0: this kind of crazy. It's 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 my kind of it's my cup of tea.
1: Mm-hmm. And a lot of people tend to have questions mainly about the house hunting part. And, um very few have as many questions as they should about the visa process, <laughs> but um, we go through it all and we do the nitty gritty. We tell it to you the way it is and how we experienced it. And always super honest. People will always go, can I ask you a question? It's like, yeah, that's why we do this privately. Can we ask you a personal, you don't have to answer. It's like, no, that's what you paid for. Yeah. We'll <laughs> tell you anything you want to know. <laughs> Our tax returns, everything. Um, so a question that we got from a listener is after all these years we've been here now going almost on 14 um are we still in the same property that we started at yes and are we still renting it or did we decide to buy it we will never buy it why is that jay
0: because you'll never sell it what do you mean um this isn't america the the mark the now okay let me preface this by if you're in a city center of rome and you have a big apartment yes you can you can you can sell your your beautiful apartment in a Lot in a reasonable amount of time, but when you get into these big farmhouses down these dirt roads in the middle of nowhere in a less traveled touristy place, this this house is huge.
1: It's very specific. Like yeah. it's not like oh, this will just. Uh, you know, switch some things around and make it as a family house. It's Our
0: Dutch neighbors have been trying to sell their house that they restored for five years with nary a bite. Like one, they'll get two bites a year. They'll never sell it.
1: And theirs is a f- bit smaller and much laid out as a private home, and yeah. still have a difficult time. So
0: if we buy this house, we better be in it for life. And we're not in it for life. I there's going to be a time when I don't want, and it's passed already. Uh, <laughs> when I'm du- I want to move on and do something else. And And do another challenge. And what do you do with this giant house? What do you do with it? If you can't sell it, it's not an investment. Investment means that you put in money for one day, getting it back out and doing something. And it's not that. So in our situation, when we first moved here, we didn't have the money to buy this house. Uh, Now, 14 years later... regardless of our financial situation now i'm smart enough to know i would never want to buy this house or a house similar in size to it
1: it's true and there's times where jason's very sentimental and like should we buy it should we be here forever but it's like no we just know it's especially for just two of us if we decide to stop running an inn it is way too big Well, this here's a perfect
0: example we live in three rooms we mm-hmm. live in the kitchen our place and the sala or the the living room. room of the of the downstairs. We have five apartments that we don't go into that are ha-
1: totally empty.
0: Haven't gone upstairs. Haven't walked those stairs in a month and a half. We have we still have the curtain and the drapes for closing off the main dining room from winter. Winter never. Ha- it's used for storage of all the kitchen crap that I don't need because we're not running a restaurant. Um,
1: Well, it's ironic. You can have this big farmhouse, but in the winter, you keep to a small amount of space because that's the only space you want to heat. Heating can be expensive. So you kind of uh, limit your space to where you're going to have your heat source in our case. Then in the summer, you don't need that much space because you're outside all the time. And why be you know, upstairs in a room when you can be outside doing something? So we've learned very... Um, quickly.
0: To, ma- to maintain to maintain five hundred square meters to pay the taxes on five hundred square meters to clean five hundred square meters is just something that I don't want to have to do forever. And buying a house of this shape and size in this in a lo- similar location will mean that it is yours forever. Forever. Remember, Italians pass this stuff down to... The Italians pass it down to their kids and to their grandkids. And it's like, okay, it's your problem now.
1: <laughs> We're lucky we have a great relationship with our landlord still to this day, Fushiani. And so... For us, for our
0: situation, it's not – even though we don't have it as an asset, it's not – and you might look at it as throwing money down. It's how you you look at it. You can look at it from two different angles that we're just throwing money away because we don't own it or you can look at it from our point of view is that – it's not being thrown away. It's, we're not throwing the money away because, g- thank God, we don't own it.
1: And that we have no debt to yeah. it, you know? So that's a uh, kind of freedom. No, that's not
0: saying we don't want to buy something. My dream is to take a barn, a uh, big barn in the countryside, and convert it into, like, a loft, uh, one part for living with a big open space and build put, build a loft where we, with two bedrooms and a bathroom and have a bathroom downstairs and split the big barn in half. And the other half would be, like, a... Uh, so we put like a salami room and a (laughs) and like a garage and a, and a workshop kind Mm -hmm, of thing. That's That's, say. workshop. That's my dream. Um, which I wouldn't mind owning that forever because I think that you can find someone, maybe not an Italian, but if you ever wanted to sell something like that, it's more interesting for, and it's a smaller, just smaller. It's just, Mm -hmm. we have too many square meters here. Like literally we, I've not, when was the last time you went to the top of the stairs?
1: um, Two weeks ago to get that chair to see if you could sleep in a chair <laughs> versus uh, the couch.
0: Yeah. So there's, there's 12 bathrooms. That's 12. There's 12 um, chances for water to leak. There's, you know, there's the, the maintenance is just insane. And if we, don't run, if we don't run people through here for the rest of our lives, it's, it's silly to have a house this big.
1: Question number two. Once we started the agriturismo, how did we get the word out and attract guests? Well, I'll answer that one. Uh, we didn't wait to start the agriturismo to get the word out and start guests. As soon as we had the idea, still living in New York without even a property, I started a website. Uh Put the cart before the horse. Start putting it out there. Let people know what you're doing. I told everyone and their brother. Yes, we were in New York, and I worked in um, hospitality, so I was around tons of people with some serious money at times. And I, But I just thought, hey, the more people I tell, the more I'm holding myself accountable, and the more maybe they'll remember one day, hey – that nice girl. Um, didn't she open a place in Italy? And so I wanted to also start getting web history, SEO, started a blog, um, tried even before we had boots on the ground in Italy to research as much about the area and share information to become kind of an expert, if you will, on at least the part of the region that we were going to be moving to before we even got here. So then we didn't have to wait uh, years or, you know, once we got here to start doing that, I totally believe in planting the seed. It's a slow burn. This isn't the flash in the pan kind of marketing. So it takes a lot longer. You won't see overnight results, but the followers and people who do show up um, have been um, basically emotionally invested for years. Once they actually arrive at the door, like you who listen to the bo- like you right now listening to this mm-hmm. podcast. So. It wasn't, so that would be the short of that answer. Don't wait till you start your business. That's, that's, that's too, too late. late. <laughs> um, and then the next question and the final one for this part of the more move to Italy part and business is how long till we had a consistent flow of guests at the farmhouse? Year two. Yeah, I would say between year two and three. By year three. No, year two we had. F- we, by year two we had guests. By year three I think we had our flow down. Uh, well,
0: no, we had our flow. Exactly. But there was. First year was spotty, like um, Italians, Italians, um, some last-minute people. Um, We didn't really know what the flow of guests would be because we – year one um, – It would be a little
1: bit here, a little bit there. Yeah, year
0: one was more – um, a last-minute booking, or yeah. a uh, one of our neighbors who have an agriturismo who would be full, and say, "Hey, do you have sp- do you have space?" Um, we didn't know that there was a motoduno in the autumn that a bunch of people motorcycle, motorcycle rally motorcycle rally uh, motorcycle event that all these people from all over Europe come from, so we didn't have the local knowledge of the flow of the season. Year two. It was more, we got bookings in the in the off-season, so we had more of an idea of what was coming through. Now we know to market to certain things so we can get uh, bookings ahead of time. You know, we're not waiting on last-minute things. And
1: that seed I had planted basically two and a half, three
0: years before. Year three was rock. Years three is when I threw myself on the floor and said, cut my arm off. I'm. Uh, you said,
1: you, year three, he threw himself on the kitchen floor before dinner. <laughs> and a full house of guests, like 18, 22 people outside hungry feed me feed me, kind of thing and jason it is hot in the evening and he goes tell him i cut my arm off and the dinner will be tomorrow but not tonight and he had like a full-on temper tantrum on the kitchen floor adult, adult temper tantrum so that means year
0: three we were rocking and rolling so yep. year one was uh spotty year two we had a flow of guests but it wasn't cra- it wasn't crazy and year three we were yep rocking we were and rolling full yeah mm-hmm. and that's That's probably, I would say, as good as you can pretty much hope for.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't expect it to be much better, to be honest. Yeah, if you're sitting here thinking (laughs) that you're going to open
0: up a a touristic activity and you're going to be full year one, you're you're out of your mind. Unless you have a, a base of clients that... We, that is...
1: not only that we had both a long-term history of working in hospitality oh yeah you we, were a chef yeah we knew what the York. hell we were doing for multiple almost eight years you were an executive chef and you'd worked up to that point i had worked in um private clubs and hospitality for 10 years as well the it wasn't so it's we could handle the stress of um having guests early on. We knew if what you, we were doing. We knew what we were doing. If you have a booming first season Good luck! Congratulations and good luck because it's going to take you time to figure out how to get your timing down for dinners, how to clean the rooms the right way, how to set your schedules so you have enough time to clean the rooms. All of these things that or just how to run a to hospitality yeah.
0: business. Like I, we get a lot of people in these workshops who are like, "I'm an IT person and I want to run a bed and breakfast." It's like, first of all, why?
1: You don't know. There's what. so many other things you
0: can do. It, um it only needs more people in in technology and if you want to have a room to rent or let or whatever that's fine but you're basing your you're spending your whole entire life savings and your future on something you have no idea about. Listen, I would like to be an engineer. I think that sounds really cool, but do you want to go across the bridge that I designed and built
1: just cuz you like just bridges? Just cuz I like bridges? I, don't I know.
0: know.
1: <laughs> Um, another question was about old stone farmhouses and heating and the nest system.
0: Uh, yeah, anything is possible, right? But remember, when you you can't put a square peg in a round hole. So you love this idea of an old stone farmhouse. Well, let's
1: and that you're only going to come out a few times a year.
0: But you want the technology of today. It's all possible, right? Anything's possible with enough time and money. However, how are you going to get Um, floor heating without ripping up the floors. How are you going to put in these Um, sensors and systems and run all these wires when there's this isn't a drywall wooden framed house this is a stone stucco house there's nowhere to when you drill into the wall you just drill into stone so how do you run the wires to do this now if you're taking a ruin and going from the bottom up shoot you can do whatever you want you can marry the old and the new which is the mo- which is really really interesting that 's what I would love to do is have the conv- like like having a resto mod car you have a fifty five Chevy on the outside, but on the ins- but on the inside you have disc brakes and a real motor and and uh, you know all the things that make a, a comfort car instead of having
1: and safety and
0: safety and a real suspension instead of using all these technologies from the fifties that yeah this car is 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 old but it is also going to kill you um <laughs> so think of it that way as that you unless you're going to tear the whole house down how are you going to put these modern systems in without without tearing up the walls and tearing up the or floors? having
1: um even in our place because of the stone walls Lights are only where there were lights when we came in, or if there's the conduit holes that they, there's a few places where Where there's, they didn't put a light or maybe left it so you can pull another spot, but you're either putting that light fixture then exactly over that one hole, or
0: you have exposed wires, you've
1: got exposed wires running all over the, um, which they, the Italians have worked
0: out. They have really pretty cloth, uh, wrapped Braided. braided wires, but you're going to have exposed wires and how many exposed wires do you want to have all around your house before it's like, okay, yeah, I have this beautiful, I have this nest thing or whatever, this, um, this digital climate control, but there's wires everywhere in the house. And now Mm -hmm. we're covering with these ugly plastic, like they have these plastic, like wire cover things that you could put on, but you just kind of have to think ahead that, you can't have your cake and knead it too sometimes unless you're starting from scratch. It's, it's just you're going to have to – if you want to be here, if you want to show up – Part-time. Part-time and you think, it wouldn't it be great to come here in December – uh, and have Christmas in in our stone house in Italy, yes, it would be great. But the first
1: three days, you're going to freeze. You are. You're definitely going to freeze. Because these
0: houses don't heat up. You don't just turn the thermostat to 25 degrees and it heats up in, a, in four hours. It's going to take three days. You're going to have mold on the... Uh, there's mold that you're going to see on some of the walls, especially where you have air passing through doors or moisture getting in a little bit. It's just... It's part of the thing you can't have your cake and eat it too Mm -hmm. which is a hard thing for some people to wrap their heads around they live in this fantasy world that i want a 300 year old house but i want to have all the comforts that i have in wherever and i want to be able to control everything on my smartphone well great find a ruin and build, and if you build it you can have it but
1: not only that wouldn't that you have to make sure that the house has like constant internet how does that work yeah but they're also well. I'm thinking we God. live.
0: We live in a. We live in the. We live in the Boons That's Ash. true. That's a, true. A <laughs> lot of a lot of other places do have internet all the time. But what happens if it does? If there's a power surge That's and your router and you need someone to reset the router, who's coming into the house to?
1: That's a great do point. That? My um, my dad has a. Well, now they live there, but they have a what was an inn in, um, uh, south southern part of Washington state and they were living just south of Seattle a few hours away and there was a power surge and he realized even just going these two hours or so to get there becomes a big deal let alone being an ocean away and you either need to have someone local who you trust to come in. It just becomes a whole to do more than it. You got to think, you got to plan you gotta, it out. Anything's
0: possible, but you just have to plan it out and you have to plan for the contingencies. When things go sideways, mm-hmm. you want to have, you want to rent it out as Airbnb. Great. You're going to do the keyless entry thing. Great. How are you going to make sure that what happens when the, when there's a problem and you can't get the code for the door reprogrammed, mm-hmm. who's going to work that out for you? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be an Italian in this, this little town or this out of the way that's going to come and know how to work on that system? Are they going to do it in the timely fashion that you need it done? These are all questions you have to think about because your urgency is not theirs. And, it, and especially if you're not part of the community. That's what I
1: was just going to say. Because then you have someone like the buddy of ours, Renato, shout out. We know you're listening, I'm sure. But... He ended up with a family house, purchasing um, a, his grandparents' house in a small town, and he was part of the community. They remember him from growing up. They, they remember the him as a
0: baby. So he can call these people who he's been, who is a friendship with, who he's known since he's been 12 years old, and he can count on them. If you're just a foreigner coming in— just because you pay these people doesn't mean that they're going to be there for you when you need it. They, w- they'll, they will be there if you have a personal relationship, mm-hmm. not if you have a financial relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why Renato doesn't have a problem because mm-hmm. he knows the, the whole town. The take pictures
1: of the house for him when he's not there yeah. and check in on things. They could set up the heat before they got there their first winter. They still froze.
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> you want to have a pool? That's great. Who's going to clean this pool? Once the pool goes green, it's hard to get it to come back. Are they going to keep it clean the way that... Is the, is the company you hired going to keep it clean the way you want it to keep it clean? Um, we've met people who had a place uh, not too far from us. They're an English couple, and they just... They tried to do this. They have a pool, and they couldn't count on... They went. They blew through, like, five different pool companies.
1: Remember? And the pool company, uh, quote-unquote, like, borrowed their robo, their pool cleaner. Whoop. And, um, <laughs> and then was like, oh, no, we were getting it serviced for you or something. It was like, no, this thing was brand, brand new. new. You're using it at every other house you're going to. So
0: there's... Anything's possible, but you just have to work out. You have to think two steps ahead. And Mm -hmm. especially you have to think about what happens when things don't go right. It's easy when everything goes... It's easy when things work, but what happens when they don't? Who's going to have your back? Who's going to help you through these situations? Can you count on them? Um, Because you are 3,000, 5,000, 6,000 miles away, and they don't really know you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if it's it's just different here. If it's a Sunday and they're with their family somewhere, they're not going to drop what they're doing to come reset your internet router. Like it's just unless you have more of a relationship than paying them a some money every month.
1: Well, keep the questions coming. We'll answer a few here and there throughout the podcast as well. Um the next one that we have is more of a fun personal one. We got this, I ended up with a couple emails about that we mentioned <laughs> that I mentioned our playlist um on the last podcast of going to a restaurant and that they had great music. And um that I was like, Oh, it reminded me of my playlist and just kind of threw it out there. And a bunch of people were requesting if it was on Spotify to Send them the link or who you would recommend. And no, I was a child of the 80s of mixed tapes. I have um a iTunes playlist that I just have created myself. So it's unfortunately not on Spotify and unable to be shared. But I thought I'd give you a few of the musicians that um are on my list for you to be able to check out and look up and add to your dinner mix or cooking mix or whatever it may be. So this is one these are um just I can't to more Italian music on this one versus, um, I'm a huge fan of oldies. If you've been here for the cooking classes, you know, there's a great mix of blues to Italian to classic rock, a whole little bit of everything. But this one, I thought I'll keep it more foreign, um, since it'll be something different for you to look up. So, um, a great one is Adriano Calentano, and I'll write these down on the blog as well. Um, this is just fun dinner cooking music. Fred Buscolione, Giampiero Matriani Trio. This is who does the intro music to our podcast. (laughs) Gigi D'Aleso, Louis Prima. He's classic, of course. Um, Mossy and Fatone. Mina, she is a super famous Italian artist. Natalino Otto, Ornella, Vanoni, And this is one of my absolute favorites. She sings Lo Punto Mento, which is just a heartbreakingly beautiful song. Quartetto um, Cetra. And this is Crapa Pallada. And it, they have great fun music. That one I just love and play over and over. Um, Ronald Naldi. Tito Skipa, And then two French ones that I just love are Charles Turnell and Zach. Zaz. is is um, kind of a little busker music with a lot of horn trumpet. And I love it. It's really fun. I really don't know much of what she's actually saying, um, but I find it to be just really fun, jazzy, um, and a kind of great throwback. So I know it's hard to write down or spell out um, as I'm saying these different names right now, but um, like I said, I'll put it on the blog, and that way you can go and copy and paste and look up a bunch of them for yourselves. So this is kind of more 40s, 50s Italian music, and um, a guest, or actually not a guest, but someone we were consulting with had requested the list, and he sent me a few of his faves too. So if you've got any good ones that you think, um, that I should add to my list, email it over to me or um, include it in the blog post comments. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'm always um, expanding our blog or our music list. Oh, one that's in English, that's kind of fun and a little kooky and weird, but um, some of Andrew Bird is kind of cool. Um, I'm trying to think of a few others right now, but those are the main ones I'd say go check out and research something different for when you're cooking dinner or having a little drink on the patio this summer well it's going on eight fifty. it's time to wrap it up and i'm gonna bring it home jason had to run outside and turn on the water for the garden and oh are you back before we can say goodbye he just came back up is there anything else you wanted to add
0: no, I had to change the valves on the drip system. That's
1: what I thought. Well, thank you guys for hanging in for this longer edition of the podcast. Yeah,
0: an hour 18. Not Wow. All right.
1: Um, who knows when, like as usual, when we'll be firing up the mics again, but without the guests, send us the questions and it makes us definitely do the podcasts sooner. Because um, otherwise we think, I don't know. Is this just boring stuff? Does anyone care? Not really. <laughs> I know. For the dozens listening out I know, there. know. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. You know where to find us. Latav. Marque.com. oh start planning your 2021 holiday um l-a-t-a-v-o-l-a-m-a-r-c-h-e.com you can find us on twitter instagram facebook all at la Tabla marque or follow me on instagram at ashley bartner have a great day ciao ciao